Welcome to Honey Roast, a wholesome hope punk podcast where every other week, guest stars roast a creator that they love and are inspired by. Together, we're bringing a little more love and hope in the world and introducing listeners to new creators through sweetness and delight. A major thank you to our Indiegogo producers who helped make this show a reality. Robert Anderson, Robert Vandemotter, Alex Hensley, Kyle Decker, Richard Kreutz-Landry, and Ryan Bolter. He is an extremely delightful human being. This is Honey Roast. There is a very specific effect that the show is going for. And like that their level of care and craftsmanship is incredibly impressive. He's always a very welcome presence. I'm Tess and I'm your host. Hello, Christopher. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Who are you roasting? Well, I'd like to very humbly submit the name of, I think, someone we're all very familiar with, our sort of beloved pod dad, James Oliva. Oh, yes. I am chin in hands right now. I am here for this. (laughs) Tell me, when was the first time that you encountered James's work? Okay, so this was probably be about January 2018. And, you know, with, we were at a point where on Arden, we were in sort of like post-production and getting ready to release. And I sort of was a little familiar with the indie audio drama world at this point, but I didn't really know too, too much about it. I knew a few shows and I knew like some of the big name shows, but I wanted to become more uh, familiar with what was out there. And so I end up finding a Will Williams review site. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I keep seeing all these really great sort of like grades and sort of grades being given to what's the frequency. And I think at that time she had also written the uh, you should be listening to what's the frequency. And I was like, oh, I should be listening to what's the frequency. What's the Frequency is a psychedelic noir audio drama podcast set in 1940s Los Angeles. Recently, radio broadcasts in the city have been reduced to static, leaving a popular radio serial as the only remaining show on the air. Even then, the show finds itself continuously interrupted by a mysterious broadcast, a lone distorted voice reaching out for help. Mix and his partner Wit search for a missing writer and navigate through a city quickly falling into madness. Could the mysterious voice be the culprit? Will anyone be able to stop the madness from spreading? And what is the frequency? And so I started listening to it and it was just floored. And like, see, I have a very long commute to and from my work. It generally takes me about an hour and a half one way to get wow yeah it's uh it's log <laughs> it, it could be tiring and so i want to have things to listen to while i'm doing this and i i also take uh, public transit as well and so i'm there listening on the bus to what's the frequency and i legitimately stop listening to the show 
because it's like, no, there's something else going on here. I need to be listening to this in an environment where I have total control over what I can hear. Like, (laughs) I want to be focused just on this when I'm listening to it. It's like, when I'm listening to What's the Frequency, I want to be only listening to What's the Frequency. So you started it while you're on public transit Mm -hmm. and you're going to work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Was it that night that you were like, okay, I'm going to sit down and and be in like my home, like just. Mm -hmm. And I listened to, I think the, like the first three episodes. And by the time it gets to that sequence in the uh, laundromat and I am just, I am just completely hooked. And I know that's like, okay, this is something I am going to be following like not just sort of like occasionally like refreshing my feed and like oh a new episode's out but something i'm going to be actively looking for and sort of trying to figure out oh my god who are the people working on this because this is genuinely not like anything i've heard and also it is completely up my alley and like this is the creative wavelength i want to be on it's a little bit funny listening back to christopher telling me that he couldn't listen to what's the frequency while commuting and that it needed his full attention because i tried the same thing without thinking every day for almost two weeks i started what's the frequency while driving to work and found myself not able to give it my full attention it wasn't until i sat down and gave it my full focus that I realized how wildly intricate the sound design is to create this really intense atmosphere that shapes the world that this story exists in. There are so many wordless moments in this show where the audio is still painting you a picture of what the scene looks and feels like without any vocals at all. How long did it take you to finish like what was at the time released of what the frequency? Not long. (laughs) (laughs) A few days? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) At what point was it like, oh, oh, James Oliva, like what else has he been in or what else has he worked on? I'm sort of not sort of sure that there was quite that sort of specific like you know there's just sort of like you know slowly like James Oliva James Oliva there's sort of like you're getting that name over and over again it's like oh this is sort of like James Oliva and like I was sort of like had my shows and also being sort of really busy with like a lot of stuff coming together it was a rather insane period for a number of reasons but I think that summer was the time where I started to really look into what else he had done I think I think by the time he started appearing on Tides was the real sort of crystallization moment for me (laughs) that oh he's not just this amazing creator he also does voices i feel like right now in the audio drama audio fiction like Mm -hmm. world it's impossible to to miss james oliva's name right right but it's like it's like he's always a very welcome presence 
that it's like yes. it's not like oh there's James Oliva I know what I'm gonna get it's like no you you don't know what you're gonna get when when he's participating in a project you could get something get a performance as like emotional as sort of Michael on Greater Boston you could get like that little that little shit Scott in 1994 you could get you know the sort of like very you know well-meaning but can be a lot to take Montague like in <laughs> Tides you, you can get a whole lot he's got a huge range yes absolutely I think I personally encountered James's work on Tides as the character Montague first, and as the character Michael on Greater Boston second. For the longest time, I actually only knew James as a voice actor, and didn't even realize that he wrote and created an entire show. James's range of creativity is awe-inspiring. James has a level of talent and drive that I aspire to. When was the first time you started like actually interacting with him on a level that was whether more professional or more like just jovial or, you know, like personal? What was that like for you after devouring his work so intensely? So there was a meetup in June 2018. There Clifton's, which is this crazy four-story group of bars it's like they're all under the clifton's group but there's this group of bars that is four stories tall and there was a meetup at the secret tiki bar that's behind a mirror and up a flight of stairs there uh and i sort of heard that it was happening but i didn't have an invite now i had interacted some with james on the podcast problems server and he's like, oh, he's the sort of L.A. local talking about this meetup that's happening. You know, I'd like to meet all of the other people who are out here in L.A. doing this thing. Because I didn't really know. I knew like a couple of people, but didn't really know the whole amazing scope of talent that's out here. And so I just reached out to him and it's like, hey, there's, there's, there's this thing that's happening and you know, I'm a audio drama creator in LA. I'd like to come. And he very kindly invited me to that <laughs> because he is an ex- extremely nice and generous person who like, if you do that, he will say yes. And, <laughs> and that was the first, that night was the first time I got to meet him in person. And he is an extremely delightful human being. What was it like meeting him for the first time? Like, did did you get to like sit down and have any kind of like depth of conversation? I imagine like at a little tiki bar, it was probably lots of people and lots of stuff going on. So I'm I'm curious what that was like. Yeah, it was definitely like a whole night of like sort of meeting people and shaking hands. So I didn't get as much time to sit down with him as I would have liked. But you know, it was immediately clear that oh, like yeah, he is exactly what you would want him to be where he's you know just very original person but still very very welcoming and generous and funny why is his work so important to you well first off i think it's i'm gonna try to focus a bit on what's the frequency here sure so first off just i love the genre that he's playing in that kind of 40s Los Angeles noir thing is like my 
bread and butter. That's like I, I grew up reading and watching those kinds of stories. So like that was an immediate hook. But then there's something about the way. Oh, I mean, it's not that there's something about the way the way that he pushes that genre into, you know, this sort of more grandly experimental thing and the way that he engages with the medium itself. So I've been sort of like studying writing, not just like as a writer, but trying to learn about sort of the techniques that like a lot of famous authors use, the development process of all these great novels and screenplays. That process of writing is something that fascinates me. And one of the big processes of writing is how to write for your medium. Like, how do you, when you come up with an idea, is it a novel? Is it a screenplay? Is it a television show? Is it an audio drama? That kind of thing. And what's the frequency, I think, is one of the best engagements with the medium that is currently out there. It genuinely pushes at the kinds of storytelling that you can do with sound in a way that almost no other show does. But it still has, I think, a very strong human heart to it. You've got that great relationship between troubles and wit that really grounds things that, like, you're never quite sure what their relationship is, except that they would die for each other. And you completely buy it. And you're so invested in the two of them. And, like, you're invested in... Carmen and Trudy and you're invested in Detective Keen and so it manages to maintain that sort of core humanity while pushing at sort of like these grand sonic nightmares like these almost like garish paintings with sound that you just can't quite get out of your mind when you're listening to them. And then not just the sound effects too, the way that the show uses repetition, the way that it layers in various things happening, the way that it plays with advertisements, like all of these things. And it's so like meticulous in the way that it does that. It's so carefully constructed because there's a version of this show that has all of those things but that it feels like it's just a bunch of shit thrown at the wall to see what sticks and what's the frequency never feels like that if there's this sort of like grand like stylistic uh, surrealistic choice that sort of goes on for five minutes it always feels very deliberate like there is a very specific effect that the show is going for and like that sort of level of care and craftsmanship is incredibly impressive how do you feel that 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 like the work of what's the frequency influences or informs the choices that you make as a creator well it really does make me think about okay we aren't just writing an audio drama we are writing an audio drama you know we have to sort of be aware of our medium and we have to write to that medium <laughs> and so it's a 
It's a great reminder of that. It's sort of inspiring in terms of the sheer scope of this show. I mean, I think it has something like 40 different <laughs> cast members in season one, which is... Wow. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and you still feel like it's a really well-balanced ensemble, even with that scope to it. Like, you get so many stories that you get all the pieces of that you need to follow. There doesn't feel like anyone's sort of underserved, even when it'll then sort of like veer off in this completely insane direction. <laughs> so I think that's inspiring to show that, yeah, you can do a show of that scope and that originality and sort of build it basically from the ground up without needing some like network to come in and fund you but still that it was so like organic and homegrown yeah and you're still able to achieve something like that is uh it's inspiring why do you think James's work is so important to the listener or the 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 person who is not necessarily a, a professional in the industry? Mm -hmm. Because everything that you've talked about about why his work is important to you, I think, can be transferred to why it it should be important to creators. Mm -hmm. But why is it so important to everyone? Well, I think it gets back to that kind of sort of original voice and it's a shining example of the kind of story that can only be told in this specific way in this specific medium that if you're trying to create a list of shows that you would give to people who are new to audio drama if you're trying to show them like okay here's what can be done in audio drama what's the frequency should be on there Absolutely. But also because it's just a, it's an entertaining show. It's <laughs> funny. It's really well acted. It's got a number of compelling storylines. It's just a darn good time. <laughs> James's ability to pursue a vision that is wild and complex and turn it into something extraordinary and then have it be successful is something that any creator can hope to accomplish. And where some folks might find success feeding arrogance, James's success only seems to feed his kindness and willingness to open doors for new members to join the community. He praises, encourages, and advises folks in the industry on such a regular basis that I can't imagine a community without him in it. He's willing to mentor other creators and lend his voice and credibility where it can have a real effect. If you and James were to be hanging out, mm -hmm. what what would you say to him about his work? <laughs> oh boy, uh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, how the f how the hell do you get the time to do all of this stuff? <laughs> like, because you've got this insane like massive show that you're show running yourself that you're writing and show running yourself you're in everything <laughs> like <laughs> how do you and you're like and you're still like sort of like you're not just in like you're like all these sort of like big name prestigious shows you're willing to do any show <laughs> like 
you know you're willing to like if it's a good show you're going you're willing to like show up and help out and lend your credibility to these creators to to help them out which speaks well to his i think generosity as a individual and like how do you manage the time of doing <laughs> all of that is there anything else that you want to say about James or his work that we haven't touched on? No, just again that he's a great guy and sort of speaking to like his generosity as and willing to willingness to give new people a chance. So last year, after we'd met the one time in person and we'd had some contact via sort of social media, he was working with. Uh, Casey Wayland of We're Alive, which is like one of the granddaddies of the current <laughs> audio drama boom. And they were putting together a team for the sort of 11th hour, you know, the month, the sort of month of October you need to record and like uh, you need to re- sort of do this sort of like horror thing that uh, you're going to sort of record it in a month, you're going to edit it in a month, it's going to be from like October 1st to October 31st. Got to get it done. And they needed one more person for their team. And he barely knew me at this point. And he's like, oh, we should get Chris in here to be like the fourth creative like producer on this, which, you know, was, that was a big moment where I was like, oh, I'm part of this community, I guess. <laughs> and I mean, ultimately, I actually didn't get to spend as much time working on it as I might have liked because that was right when like Arden was premiering. So it was like having to split my attention, but it was still like a moment of, again, generosity and a sort of leap of faith on his part that like I would have something to contribute which was incredibly gracious and kind and very heartening and yeah it meant a lot that's really awesome Mm -hmm. James's presence in this community is large and shines so brightly his supportive and kind nature is something beautiful he uses his strength in the community to unite and spread positivity joy and love James's influence on the community can't go unnoticed and we're a much better place with him in it you can find James Oliva on Twitter at James Oliva 76 links to his works are in the show notes and now of course It's time for the reverse roast, Christopher Dole. Christopher is the co-creator and co-writer of the show Arden, a true crime satire that is both mystery and comedy. Back in January, a few folks and I were missing PodCon 2 together and feeling miserable and like we were missing out. So we decided to cure these blues with a full listen of Arden. I had never heard it before and getting to listen to the entire things with friend over a few days was just the uplift that I needed. This show makes me laugh out loud until I'm crying and is so full of joyful silliness. It's an absolutely wholesome show with a story that keeps you wanting more. It's hard to pinpoint exactly which parts of the show are written specifically by Christopher, but it's easy to recognize that this show is a beautiful collaboration made by brilliantly funny and delightful people. Christopher is not only talented, but he's kind and caring too. He's this ray of sunshine in this community, and I'm always so thankful to have gotten to know him. You can find Christopher on Twitter at ChrisDole86 and at ArdenPodcast.com. 
What else can I say? Christopher and James are both these incredibly wonderful people. They'll jump in on a honey roast whenever given the chance. They'll even sow seeds of mischief and chaotic good energy when called upon, and they'll tell you exactly why you and your work matters. They're both fantastic members of the community whose work is something to pay attention to. Get to know these two good boys and their work. I promise you won't regret it. Cheers and sweetness. Honey Roast is co-produced by Tess Kokyo and Julia Schifini, edited by Tess Kokyo and Julia Schifini, with sound design by Julia Schifini. Special thanks to our creative consultant, Will Williams. Our visual design and art assets are by Mandy Corcoran, and our theme music is composed by Emily E. Mayo. All music from this episode, apart from the theme music, is by Parallel Park and licensed under a Creative Commons license. Link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at HoneyRoastPod. Transcripts for every episode can be found on our website, HoneyRoastPod.com. For even more Honey Roast love, check out our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you get access to bonus episodes, detailed show notes, exclusive merch, and so much more. For more details, go to Patreon.com slash HoneyRoast. If you can't support us financially, another fantastic way to help the show and spread the love is to recommend us to a friend or family member. We can only grow by sharing and caring.